0: Hello and welcome to season 2.5 of The Unfinished Mind. Uh, With you, as always, is me, one of your hosts, Ren, And joining me now in a more permanent position is our new co-host.
1: Hi, it's me, Akshi. Akshi, joining
0: (laughs) us again at last. I was
1: here once before and now I will be here forever.
0: Yes, forever. Forever. Until the end End of of time. time. (laughs) (laughs) So that is exciting. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad that I'm glad that have, am glad he's <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about collectibles oh do you collect anything Akshi
1: I think I steal You <laughs> way more than I collect you steal so sort of a kleptomaniac <laughs> sort of maybe I have been stealing my mom's jewelry forever. And ah, I think like over time I've just collected bits and pieces of those. I see. You have like a miscellaneous earring somewhere and like you know a little bit of a bracelet. Okay. Like half a bracelet. But I collect those. I they're, dig
0: they're, that. They're so they're it's pretty. sort of like a trash into treasure.
1: Yeah. You yep. know those
0: like birds that pick up shiny things? Oh yeah like a crow. Okay. What? okay like <laughs> crows. Are crows do that? do that. Yeah. I think I there's probably other birds.
1: I thought there was a name for it but I am a crow. Crow. Yeah. I what love about
0: that. you? That's really good. I I collect a lot of things. My my favorite collection. Uh, that I have, I have like you know your usual pop Funkos, some books, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my favorite is this collection of milk cow pitchers. It's their pitchers that are yep. shaped like cows, and you use them to pour things. Yep. That t- love them. I have I have a little ongoing collection. I just of this.
1: Sworn you mentioned this before.
0: I probably did. It's one of my favorite self facts. So people <laughs> tell us something about yourself. I'm like I have cows. They pour. They things. pour, this. and I collect them. So collecting is pretty is a pretty like common thing. I'd say I think most people have maybe something that they collect. It might not be anything major. Yeah, maybe
1: like a rock they found. Yeah, they, that's and their. They rock. kept finding rocks, and it was like, "This yeah. is my rocks now. These yeah. are my rocks. These are my rocks." <laughs> and no one may have them. No one may have my rocks. They are my rocks. It's honestly pretty cool how like collectibles evolve from like having a certain like standard function, but then to you, it's like not nah, I don't use you. Do you use your cow pitchers to actually pour things? If there were an occasion
0: fine enough for my cow pitchers, I would use them. Fair. I have not, okay. I rarely throw an old English tea party. So I feel that they're not they're not being used for their true calling. But someday I hope to bucket, list, hope things. To use them. bucket, bucket list. list things. Yeah. Love yeah. that.
1: Well, let me tell you a little bit about what a collectible actually is. Enlighten me. So a collectible is an item that is collected as hobby, display or investment. Um, the collector views its instrumental purpose as secondary and its value may increase over time based on a variety of factors, okay. um, which is pretty cool. So I hope my cow pitchers are someday worth millions. Yeah. <clears throat> a little bit into the actual history of collecting. It's been going on for a while now. Um the act of collecting objects for leisure rather than for meeting daily needs has existed since the start of civilization. So everybody wants things. Everyone's like, that's mine. Uh, original art, copies of art, seal impressions, fossils, <laughs> and more are some of the objects found to have been collected many centuries ago.
0: It would be pretty rad to have a fossil collection. That's
1: actually really cool. I admit. It's like that tooth.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that old tooth that I found in the dirt, that's, that's my, my tooth now. That's mine now. It's <laughs> <That's> mine now. <laughs>
1: Uh, The Renaissance particularly grew the popularity of collecting due to exploration and scientific pursuits. Another spurt in collecting was in the 1930s, where this act became one akin to a hobby that could be enjoyed by anybody. I suppose
0: maybe that's when like quarter collecting, I feel like that's a really old thing or like stamps, Stamps. Yeah, quarters and stamps.
1: That's what I like associate collecting to. Yeah, those
0: two things. things.
1: That's probably when it started, to be honest. I, I believe it. I would believe it. Yep. And um, in fact, it's such a vast and extensive hobby that the U.S. Internal Revenue System, uh, or the IRS, uh, mm-hmm. classifies different types of collectors. Um, so we have number one, the collectors that uh, purchase objects for personal pleasure. Okay. Which is cool. Uh, and then we have number two, investors who buy and sell objects to eventually make profit. Huh. And number three, the dealers. They engage in short-term buying and selling. All right. So we've got.
0: I didn't realize that stock trading was perhaps considered Collect- collecting in a way. Collectoring. That stock? That's mine. That stock? That's, that's mine. mine. That's my stock. That's my yeah. Stock. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for, good for them. Good for the uh, people who choose to do that, I guess. I guess. I'm sure they're making money, which is good for them. My cows are not producing any income. <laughs> my cows are mine. My cows are mine. <laughs> and they sit there and make me smile. <laughs> that's enough. And that's enough. And, you know, that's that really fundamentally is the difference between collecting and collectible culture, because when you're collecting that, you may not necessarily be deriving joy from the thing that you're amassing. Right. So collectibles have both commercial and personal value. They're not just collected for functionality or to serve a need or to be disposed of quickly after collecting. Mm -hmm. For example, someone who accumulates various lamps or milk pitchers, Mm -hmm. but doesn't use the lamps or milk pitchers for sources of light or milk pouring (laughs) would be considered a collector of lamps or milk pitchers. So in that, in that sense, collectible culture is like, it is there, there are communities that build around collectible culture. There's people who say, I'm really into these, this specific thing. And I'm going to talk to other people about how into them I am and get more of them. Because those are going to be my specific thing now. Those
1: are my things now. Those
0: are my things now. But, you know, you can collect, like, debts. (laughs) (laughs) You can collect those things without necessarily being a collect, like a collector. Capital C collector. Collector.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) You know, you think of the eclectic collector type. As opposed to. That's my debt. That's your
1: debt? That's my debt. That's your debt. 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 Okay, that's, okay, got it. You were speaking about collecting, versus collectible culture. Mm-hmm. And I think for anything to be a culture, a lot of people have to be doing it. So the question arises, why is collecting so universal? Why do all of us like to do it or like most of us like to do it? Um, so the early psychology behind it. Uh, let's go and talk about Sigmund Freud. Oh, Freud. <laughs> he had an answer for everything. Apparently, certainly, I, I, he never he never
0: stopped he talking never stopped. about him no, and him not. and his answers, and we all just have to live with that. Now. So that's great. He
1: has something to say, and uh, we've got listen.
0: We've got no choice, basically, <laughs> but to listen so to Freud.
1: Enough. Um. So he said, uh, that he was he himself was in fact an antique collector. Hmm. Uh, he accumulated over two thousand statues of over his life little statuettes uh, statuettes, little
0: statuette that's fun i you know that that's a very like grand grandma hobby you know having little figurines and statuettes but like a
1: what just random things
0: yeah just like little little dudes like little porcelain folks <laughs> just being people just in tiny porcelain form i guess i guess i guess oh. if that's what you're into as you should
1: sign for sure. <laughs> and he also believed that the instinct to collect came from, of course, <laughs> childhood bowel control trauma. <laughs> oh dear! I don't know if we should be laughing. At this. <laughs> but, I. This is someone's truth, so let's respect <laughs> it. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> so yes, uh, he did believe that it was connected to childhood bowel control trauma losing control of one's bowels as a child can inspire object security and drive people to regain control by collecting possessions that their body previously would not allow so
0: freud believes that because children would sometimes have to defecate without their own consent they would simply lose control of that of that ability of their of their own bowels. of their matter of their of their matter of yes. their matter of their matter and th- and therefore just have to hoard and collect things. So is,
1: is this a confession? Because he's <laughs> a collector himself. He oh my god his so his entire career has been this confession. It's been a confession. I mean
0: like we've all had that child yeah, every child I believe has a bad bell related
1: story i think that's like a coming of age thing i think it must be
0: you have to go through that i don't want to get too blue on this (laughs) podcast but it is certainly a universal experience i don't know if it's the compulsion for collecting per se but it's an interesting theory to shift gears rather drastically. Thank you. <laughs> and not, yes, at long last, I know we're yeah. all waiting for it. Just holding our breath yep. and, and our bowels <laughs> to move on <laughs> to the next point here. Uh, famous psychologist Carl Jung was well known for his work on personality archetypes, which in modern day have been adapted into the MBTI personality types. I think most people are pretty familiar with that. Yep. Uh, you know, I know mine, I INTJ slash P goes back and forth. You know yours off the top of I your think head? They have an E somewhere in there, it's like PNSPJ or J? something, yeah. something like that. I, can I see think that. that was
1: what Obama was. Oh.
0: <laughs> All right, everyone, if you'd like to know Akshi's personality type, you can simply google Obama, Obama <laughs> MBTI type Carl Jung and we can figure that out. But, anyways, yeah. Carl Jung believed that humans share a collective unconscious, which is a genetically inherited base of knowledge that informs social behavior. Hmm. Thus, humans have similar tendencies in regards to phobias, morality, and pleasurable habits, including collecting. So this weird, like, urge for all of us to collect comes from the same place, essentially, is what Carl Jung believed. I like
1: that it's not from... Our backside. I yeah, yeah. I, I do prefer
0: <laughs> Carl's theory. Here. I do. What, what Doctor Young said is 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 better. I do prefer that. So in modern psychology, we do have sort of a different approach to understanding why people collect. Ruth Formanek conducted a questionnaire and narrowed down collector motivations to five main areas. So this is a prominent theory we believe in. Extension of the self. So we collect to gain knowledge or control physical artifacts. Social or we enjoy collecting because it gives us like-minded community and social prestige, the preservation of history. So collecting is related to nostalgia, which factors into this sense of continuity and just like our need to preserve that, which came before us. The fourth reason is financial investment. Collecting rarities uh, is something that appreciates over time. So they gain value over time. Collectors are willing to spend significant money then to build a collection. It's sort of like investing in that way. And finally, addiction. (laughs) Collecting can become detrimental, like gambling or collecting, I guess, bad investments. You know, don't invest in bad stocks. Don't invest in bad Bad stocks. stocks. The moral of the story, unfinished mind today of this podcast is is don't don't invest in bad stocks. Those are some, those are five very prominent uh, explanations that Formanek has, has put forward though. So modern psychology veers away from the bell related and goes into a more maybe, uh, relatable. Another thing that sort of drives modern collection and collecting culture is sort of like these online or media based subcultures Mm -hmm. that form around certain groups or like media types. So podcasts, TV shows, Music groups, um, books. There's all sorts of things that people just sort of latch onto and go crazy for, mm-hmm. and then start collecting memorabilia from those things. Yeah. That's certainly an ongoing thing. Um, and it's something that's like collection subculture. Mm-hmm. So the APA Dictionary of Psychology defines a subculture as a group that maintains a characteristic set of customs, behaviors, interests or beliefs that serve to distinguish it from the larger culture in which the members live. So the most prevalent type of subculture we sort of see in modern society is that of fandom uh, or where people share unique media, media, language, fan content and like a shared identity around some source of entertainment, basically. These subcultures then tend to accrue a bunch of niche knowledge and collectible items, which could vary, you know, flags to pictures to blankets to like cardboard cutouts, perfumes, yeah, anything like that, uh, just based around this specific thing that they're into. So, collectible culture like this has been growing since the introduction of the internet, which is not surprising. Mm-hmm making it easier to buy and sell collectibles all over the world and to build community with other collectors in person and online, whether that be surrounding sort of a specific type of collecting thing, like based on something from a fandom, or if it's like, I really enjoy collecting this specific item and I want to collect it from all different sources. So say for example, coin collecting, we sort of joked about it as like the oldest of the collecting, but it's, Kind of like an intricate community that they've built around coin building. There's a whole subculture and they call themselves numismatists, AKA coin collectors have a massive literature base displaying centuries worth of currencies and from different places and different uh, regions, just all sorts. These texts vary from local to global currencies, active to discontinued denominations and modern to ancient artifacts. That is really cool. That's really cool. Wow. Some really in-depth coin fans out there.
1: Yeah. Are you a coin collector?
0: I'm not. I do have one of those quarter maps from when I was a kid. So this started young for me. Yes, I have one of those old
1: 50 states quarter map. You know, people keep talking about, you know, one day this is going to be super expensive and I'm going to be super rich and I'm going to sell this and I'm going to never work the day in my life again. Mm -hmm. And you know what? What makes him think that these collectibles are very valuable? What are they very valuable? I don't I don't know. Because I would think collecting a bunch of like rusty dusty coins, where is that gonna get you?
0: I guess if a museum is paying pretty pennies, but that doesn't sound right no, to me. You've got the pretty pennies. You got the pretty pennies. You have all the pretty, <laughs> you pennies. Have all the pretty <laughs> pennies. They're your pretty You're pennies and exactly. my pretty
1: pennies. So let's talk about it. So collectibles as an investment. Uh, investors hold on to collectibles to see if their value will actually increase over time in the future. And uh, the truth is, though, however, collectibles are an unpredictable investment as seemingly worthless items can steeply increase in price one year and then become worth next to nothing the next and vice versa. So This is kind of like trend setting. It's like if something is trendy, you want it. And then once it's not anymore, it's kind of worthless.
0: like if you bet on bell-bottom jeans in the '70s, I'm sure you're having some <laughs> regrets, or at least I think they're making a comeback, though. So you yeah. had like good 30 years of regret, and I feel now like the '80s is coming back. The '80s, say, so yeah, it's all coming back. It's Damn. it is nostalgia time.
1: We're all the we're all my grandmothers. You all <laughs> make some bank, right? <laughs> wow, you're calling people who were young in the '80s grandmothers? That's <laughs> devastating. Oh no. Um. Anyways, there are, on the other hand, some collectibles that are generally stable investments, such as stamps, sneakers and fine art.
0: Fine art. Yeah,
1: that's that's expensive.
0: I know that much. This is true. I don't know much, but I don't know about much. sneakers, but. Uh... Oh, that, those are crazy. You know, like those Jordans people collect. But like they got like holes in them. No, Jordans the sneakers in general if you wear the sneakers for long enough well yeah but that's the thing you keep them pristine you're not they're not supposed to look like what, you wear them What is them. the point, actually i don't get it <laughs> we can't we can't yuck anybody's yums there this are people fair. who really love their, their sneaker sneakers. collections i don't get it but you do you you do you, um and you enough. know what if you have a really big impressive sneaker collection just go ahead and send that to our instagram <laughs> gonna want to see pictures the for Unfinished sure. my podcast the podcast Thanks for that. instagram i don't actually know our handle that's uh, it's, just at, mind, it's just at the unfinished
1: mind i think it's just at the unfinished mind you know what find it and send it to us please. <laughs> um so as we were just talking about you know does what makes things uh what makes collectibles valuable um the first thing is you gotta you gotta see how rare the item is mm-hmm. you know um, some become collectibles because they're no longer in production or are one or few of a kind and thus become rare because of their scarcity. Um, fair enough. It makes sense. The second, um, the second thing is proximity to mint condition. A collectible will be worth more if it is in mint or pristine condition compared to one that is deteriorated. That, that also makes, a lot makes sense. Of and the third, in another way, Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So if something reminds you of the past, you want to hold on
0: to it. Or like the people who just started collecting Pokemon cards. <gasps> something like oh that. Even God. though it's 2022. Um because they were so big in like when when I was a yeah. child and when those before me were a child. I don't know if they were <laughs> big when you were a child. Honestly. I don't know. Are, are you baby. too young? I think not- <laughs> you're too young. That's so sad. It's Am I old? Sad. Are you old? No, I
1: think I just never What's did happening. the Pokemon thing. Ah, that's fair. Yeah. Um. righty. So as we were talking about, have you noticed that popular items from 20 to 30 years ago resurfaced today? Uh, we have. We've we have. noticed it just now. Yep. We've been noticing. We've been noticing. Um, nostalgia can truly be a strong factor that urges people to reconnect with the past and begin investing in these items as collectibles. Um, overall, collectibles that are good investments offer the best return of investment, which that makes is, yeah, sense. It feels like the staple investor motto. I would say so. It's a good, investment, so. good, good, good investment, good return. Good, good investment, good return. Yep. So
0: now that we've discussed sort of the history, the psychology, what collecting is and what collecting culture is, Let's dive into modern collection. Yay. Modern collection, really the 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 most maybe biggest headliner, I guess, mm-hmm. of of modern day collecting, Um, and that is NFTs, non fungible tokens. Yep. We all know them. We all heard about them. Have heard of them for yep. sure. I would. I you usually you say you know them, you love them, but I don't know about that last one.
1: <laughs> Convoy them.
0: I mostly avoid them. Uh mostly have a lot of questions about them. Fair enough. But they're everywhere. And they're you everywhere. you can't escape. Yep. This is a threat. This
1: is it's a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise.
0: So the basics of what NFTs are is that they are uh non-fungible tokens, as I said. So fungible is just a fancy word that means replaceable. Mm-hmm. Uh and NFTs are unique and irreplaceable tokens. You could trade the token as many times as you want. And each time you'd have something new. Mm -hmm. So NFTs are a part of a blockchain type of technology, which is basically just a bunch of computers who work together at the same time, just Mm -hmm. like to put it in real simple terms. Mm -hmm. And like other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ether and (laughs) things like that, Doge Dogecoin. Elon Musk. (laughs) I'm tired of mentioning him on this podcast. I think Elon Musk has far too much airtime from our brand at this point. He's got to start funding us or something. Yeah, I would demand some sort of stipend (laughs) for this. Um, (laughs) Yes. But anyways, uh, NFTs exist because those types of technology exist. Uh, This means that every individual token and transaction is monitored in a completely digital fashion. And it is given value through supply and demand. So... There's a lot of nitty gritty math and programming behind the process. Way too complicated to explain on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And honestly, way too complicated for my pea brain to understand. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even try. I I have grazed the top of that iceberg and I know enough to where I can say, okay, thank you. I've had my fill and I can, I can no longer look into it. I am no longer interested.
1: That is fair. Yes. That is fair. I want to (laughs) know. It's just, there's so much out there. And like, why is there so much hype around the NFT? You know, it started with the Bitcoin. It really did. And then it just kind of feels like another baby. Like Bitcoin is just NFT now.
0: It's Well, it's it's not, you know, it's not a currency. It's just, it's like internet fine art. Yeah. And some of them are really cool fine art, Yeah, Uh, but anybody can download them. One person owns them, but anybody can yeah. download them. So I don't understand the appeal of wanting to collect
1: them. I don't understand having that stamp on it. That's like this yeah. is mine, but somebody else has the exact same thing. But they don't really. But do they not? They though? do, but they don't. Mm, but they do, but they don't. This is where my mind
0: like yeah. went. My mind does short
1: circuited and I was like,
0: mm. So moral of the story, not gonna yuck any yelps, <laughs> but do your thing. Let's discuss. Let's, let's discuss, discuss hype. NFT hype.
1: So the NFTs are the modern evolution of collectibles, except you're collecting things that you can't even physically hold in your hand. True. So if you're one of the tangible people, NFTs are not for you. Um, With the digitalization of our world, NFTs are a great way to showcase and provide value to digital creativity. Mm -hmm. NFTs could literally be anything that is unique. Digital art, videos, music, even your brain downloaded and made into an AI. That has
0: happened. I think there's a celebrity who did that. No, no, no. There was a celebrity who sold her soul as an NFT. I think it was Grimes. Okay. I think it might've been Grimes. how, how How did that work? you she's just say that it's she's your soul, her soul and yeah you just well you just sort of say that this token is your soul and then you sell it
1: so anyways <laughs> the mo- the most popular form right now is digital art um graphic designers are making digital gifs 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 <laughs> I think it's chips, though. But I hey, whatever. People will know what you mean. (laughs) People will know what I mean. Graphic designers are making digital gifts uh, and images and selling them for unprecedented amounts of money.
0: So these fine art pieces, these tokens, are typically released, or at least most commonly released as collections, Mm -hmm. which people then seek to collect. Okay. Uh, One that's really, really hype right now is the Mutant Ape Yacht Club by Yuga Labs. Okay. Um, These are just a bunch of like apes that are drawn, drawn digital apes that look some type of way. They're just like different versions of apes. It's like almost exactly the same ape, but like different clothes, different colors, things like that. Okay, Um, And some of these have been selling for 9 million per NFT. Oh
1: my God.
0: Yes. So the apes are huge right now. The apes are massive. That's
1: crazy.
0: Yes. And another one uh, is the new era of hype beast fashion. I, I honestly, that's incomprehensible to me, but it is the new era of hype beast fashion mm-hmm. because that is how the internet talks. Right. Uh, in which Gucci, the brand, mm-hmm. has been collaborating with NFT producers and selling GIFs or GIFs, however you prefer, mm-hmm. for thousands of dollars a piece. So brands are involved. Brands are investing.
1: Big brands are, Big brands are investing. Damn. And I also heard uh, that someone paid $20,000 for clips from a Logan Paul video, who is, by the way, a YouTuber, if you've not heard of him. YouTuber. Um, which, all honestly, they could have watched for free on YouTube. And I'm sure they did, but
0: now they own it. Now they own it. Now they own those clips. Those are my Logan These Paul my- clips. <laughs> my Logan
1: Paul is clips. Is this just like a... like like what do you say a power trip it's like i think this needs to be mine and it
0: i think it's partially that and it's partially doing it for the meme you know it's the idea of doing this because it is funny
1: doing nine million dollars for the meme yes their meme game is much stronger than mine. I wish I had $9 million yeah, to spend on the
0: meme. On the meme. <laughs> yeah. Or really anything. If I could spend it on anything. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. Um, speaking of how much this has just exploded, just, you know, NFTs and collecting and X, Y, and Z. What, how do you feel about the future of digital collectibles? Like just looking up ahead. I mean. What are the vibes? <sighs>
0: You know, as we've discussed, we're two people who don't really get the NFT hype, yeah. but I know, I know that there's many more respect the grind, but respect the grind. Lots of people who who do really love NFTs yeah. and think that they're fun yeah. and enjoy collecting them. And that's for all well and cool. Mm-hmm. But I just think that there will probably come something new and better and funnier that people will eventually decide they're going to reinvest their time and energy into and then nfts will sort of trickle away as Mm -hmm. an old fad you know i think they're just a fad basically um i don't know if that's true but you know as long as there's demand for nfts there will be nfts so that is
1: fair and there seems to be a ridiculous amount of them right now that is true this This is true. true speaking of things becoming more interesting there is the emergence of the metaverse. And with that, the potential NFTs have just become incredibly immense. They could become a regular form of currency in the metaverse. You could buy and sell NFTs. This is like the, the barter system back in the day when we didn't have the paper money. Yeah. We got NFTs now. And
0: that makes me feel like I'm in the matrix. <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm in pill, <laughs> the simulation. I would like the red pill, please. I would like to wake up.
1: Thank you. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, there could be digital museums that could be made in the metaverse to showcase these NFTs. I kind of dig that.
0: I would go to an NFT museum. In the metaverse. I would never get on the metaverse. But See, you, that's the thing. Yeah, you, I would need okay. a meat space, a meat verse <laughs> NFT museum. And then maybe I'd go check them out.
1: Fair enough. And, um, you know, despite the increasing popularity of NFTs, uh, let's hope that traditional collectibles continue to survive and provide a sense of community and nostalgia for those invested in them.
0: I And, you know, I hope that will be the case. Me I think too. there's no harm in collecting no. and there's... There is some harm in collecting NFTs only because the blockchain is like super unsustainable. There's yeah. like a lot yeah, of yeah. environmental problems with that. Mm-hmm. But like if there weren't those things, then NFTs would be fine. Yeah, <laughs> it would be totally cool to collect NFTs if it wasn't like killing the planet yep. and stuff. Yeah, yep, um, yep. probably gonna do an episode on that at some point if we, we have it. I think we've talked about it before, but not entirely certain. Anyways, um, blockchains are bad for the environment. This is this is that's science. the second
1: lesson from this podcast.
0: Indeed. So. Um, but more importantly. Um, Collecting and collectors uh, is is its basic human instinct. They will survive. They will survive, probably. They will keep... <laughs> Most likely. Most likely. We shall see. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we shall discuss this further in future episodes of The Unfinished Mind. Uh, thank you for joining us here today. Um, we hope you had a good time. We hope you've expanded your mind and your perspective. And we look forward to talking to you soon. In the
1: rest of season 2.5, have fun collecting. Indeed, indeed. The Unfinished Mind is brought to you by the Polymathic Scholars. Our scriptwriters this week were Ariane Austria, Neha Yawokar, and Darshan Selva Kumar. Sound designed by Jensen Richardson and Amaris Mendoza. Produced by Liz Kinnerk and Bill Tang. Our publicist is Claire Nevins, hosted by Rand Smith and Akshi Panth. Thanks for listening, and remember to follow your curiosity.